people that were obviously not anti-vax. They stood up and got the shot. Some of them that I talked to were actually in trials. Others were, you know, front line, so they got their shots really early on and then suffered severe, severe reactions and have been dealing with them ever since. For me, it's a no-brainer to take a stance against this being pushed towards children. But this documentary is actually not taking stance against, you know, people who want to change gender in, in general, actually. We are exploring mainly how it affects children, and I think that's a crucial issue. The Unseen Crises is a feature-length documentary that provides an intimate, uncensored look into the lives of those who live with the debilitating after-effects of COVID-19 vaccines. It examines the issue of COVID-19 vaccine injury claims in a fresh, honest, and comprehensive manner with experts' interviews, whistleblower statements, and government health statistics. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint as we're on location from the 2023 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando, Florida, and it's a delight to be here. Right now, we welcome Cindy Drewcare. Cindy, it is so good to have you here. You are a veteran journalist, editor, and producer, along with directing The Unseen Crises, which is going to be released now. The show that we're doing now will actually air after the release, but that's okay because it'll be available for our Bot Radio Network listeners to watch and to view. But welcome to the program here on Bot Radio Network. Thanks so much for having me, Byron. So let's get some backstory. Where are you from and where did your interest in journalism begin? Oh, that's a fine question. Well, I'm actually Canadian. Hey? Hey. <laughs> yeah, you might hear some abouts, you yeah. know, pop in here and there. You know, it's an interesting story. I started working in China human rights, actually, way back in the day. And I was living in Thailand, of all places. And there are a lot of refugees coming from China through Thailand to try to claim refugee status. Um, and a lot of them actually were Falun Gong practitioners, which is a persecuted meditation um, system in, in China. It's an ancient, ancient practice. And the Communist Party decided to persecute in a like Nazi Germany level way. So a lot of the refugees that were coming were, you know, basically religious, you know, escaping religious persecution. My husband and I were helping them with their refugee status claims and all that. And the stories that were coming out were absolutely horrific, like completely horrific. And we're like, this needs to get out. And this was a time, this is early 2000s. This is a time when nobody wanted to know about bad things about China, you know, it was still, you know, engaged with China, good things about China. And we found that the Epoch Times was the only media that was actually interested in hearing these stories because they were founded to expose the atrocities going on in China from, you know, human rights, pro-democracy, Tibet, Taiwan, all of that. And that's how I got into journalism. Wow. What a, a leap into, <laughs> I mean, you took it all. I mean, that was like drinking from a fire hose, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. And everything since then has just been about telling the truth no matter what. Okay. So growing up in Canada, were there dreams to be a journalist? Was that, was that the direction you were, you were heading? I did a master's in political science, so it's not so far off right. to be a journalist. I always uh, wrote a lot. I didn't exactly know my trajectory, but it seemed like everything I did ended up leading to that place, and I've stuck with it ever since. Well, we are living in days what might be considered the, the aftermath of COVID-19, although we know there's still cases and people are still getting you know sick with this COVID-19, and there's been a lot of debate <laughs> on both sides of the aisle. You got your vaccine 
vaxxers, your anti-vaxxers, and, and people talking about the impact and the lingering effects that some have dealt with, long-term effects of COVID-19. And that's really kind of the, the focus of the unseen crisis. The patients in the documentary suffered severe reactions to the shot, and really their health kind of spiraled out of control. Yeah, you know, the story, there's different levels to the story. So level one is these are people that were obviously not anti-vax. They stood up and got the shot. Some of them that I talked to are actually in trials. Others were, you know, frontline, so they got their shots really early on and then suffered severe, severe reactions and have been dealing with them ever since. So that's one level of problem, right? You've got and 80% of the uh, reactions are neurological. A lot of people now know about myocarditis and different health issues, but 80% of them are neurological. So it's affecting all kinds of systems in your body. People are getting like, you know, paralysis here and there, shooting pains, like electricity running through their body, tetanus where you're screaming in your head, all kinds of gastro issues. So that's problem one. They've got these health problems. Problem two is nobody wants to acknowledge it's going on. So the healthcare system, the government, the pharmaceutical industry. So these people are completely neglected. Well, I understand your story about and concern, as you mentioned, being the Chinese seeking safety and opportunity to practice their religion freely. And that was something that really moved your heart that you thought the story needed to get out. But where were you? What were the circumstances that led up to you seeing this big need? You know, obviously, if you're in media, the only story, the big story for years that consumed us was everything related to COVID, right? COVID-19. And everybody, Cindy, had all these questions. What do I believe? You know, do I get the shot? Don't get the shot? You know, what's going to happen to me? You know, I mean, there was so much fear, really, in America. And actually, that was a a strategy to get everyone to get the shot. They didn't want to create vaccine hesitancy or have other messages out there, which is, you know, part of the problem for these vaccine injured and why they're silenced, because any counter message to safe and effective and everyone should get the shot was was silenced. So, you know, at the beginning, we're covering everything related to COVID and these stories started to come out about people who had adverse reactions to to the vaccine. And it didn't ever occur to me not to cover this. Like, my question is more to the other media, like, why, why did you ignore you, it? Why, why aren't you yeah. covering it? This is legitimate health stories, human interest stories. You know, one of the girls, she was 12 years old. She was in the Pfizer trial when she went ahead, did the trial, was excited about it in that same day started to get her reaction after her second shot and she's in a wheelchair with a feeding tube to this day and nobody wants to know about her. Wow. Well, what happened when these patients reached out to public health support system, pharmaceutical companies for maybe some help or support? It's in your documentary, you right. show this. Nothing. I mean, they're ignored is is what I happens. I mean, literally nothing happened. Yeah. Many of them, you know, tell stories of reaching out to, to pharma, to CDC, FDA, NIH and getting yeah. nothing back. There is one exception, which I can explain, but here's the thing. They're reaching out and they're trying to get answers. I'm having this strange reaction, this bizarre constellation of symptoms, kind of changes every day. They don't know what it is. They they want, they're desperate for help. They're desperate for answers. Nobody told them this could happen. And because the FDA CDC is not telling doctors, emergency room doctors, hey, this could be a reaction. Look out for it. Here are the tests to do. This is some treatment you can give them. When they go to an emergency room, because they didn't get that information, they go to an emergency room 
and the doctors do what to them seem like reasonable tests. Those tests come back completely negative or, or some minor problem, but nothing to explain why they're so sick. And then they get diagnosed with psychosis. They're told they're crazy. And then this, this diagnosis is in their permanent record. And when they go from, you know, emergency room to emergency room, because they're having these very acute problems, you know, can't breathe, there are all kinds of things going on. And then they, they say, oh, in their charts, they say, oh, they're crazy. And it's only because the government didn't say, this is what to look for, do these tests, here's how to treat them. Wow. And the real travesty is if you were to get early treatment, they've discovered you have a much, much better chance of recovery and not two years later being in a wheelchair with a feeding tube. You know, it's interesting as you share, Cindy, with our listeners today here on Bite Radio Network. Again, we're coming to you from the 2023 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando, Florida, having a great time meeting folks like Cindy. But as you were describing these, this part of this documentary, I, I was just reflecting on my own journey. Last year, I had COVID pneumonia for eight weeks and I was in a desperate state with 104 temperature, uh, just beating in my chest, had cold sweats, couldn't sleep. And I called my doctor like you would do. And I was told by the front desk, oh, you've got a virus, let it run its course and no medication. I wouldn't be here today talking to you, Cindy, if I'd follow that advice. So thank God for a doctor in the city who a friend of mine, his wife runs a little clinic. She had been taking care of COVID patients for two years and over a thousand patients, only three had been hospitalized because she cared for them. She came into our home. She gave me medicine. She brought me an oxygen concentrator. She prayed over me and they called me every day for eight weeks. That was some medical care of compassion, of love, really what I, I thought all doctors were called to do, right? Right, exactly. And you know, the doctors like, you know, this doctor and many others who let it be known that they were giving early treatment or had bedside clinicians and figured out some things that worked, were shut down, were threatened yes. with their licenses. Some of them lost their licenses. And I talked to those doctors well, as well. Well, one such doctor, Dr. Robert Malone, an internationally recognized scientist, virology, immunology, molecular biology, is well known as one of the original inventors of the mRNA vaccination and also DNA vaccination. And you have him in this documentary. Now, he's quoted by the New York Times as saying that he is providing misinformation about COVID-19 vaccinations. But what impressed you most about interviewing Dr. Malone? Dr. Malone, like the other doctors I interviewed in the documentary, here's the thing about it. They have absolutely no incentive to lie about what they're talking about, that there's potential problems here. This is what we're seeing. Here's potential for early treatment. These are, you know, what could happen if you get the vaccine. First of all, he really knows his stuff. He is one of the inventors of mRNA technology. You'd be hard pressed to find more world-renowned expert on exactly what these vaccines are doing to the body. He's also an ethicist. So one of his main concerns is following. He, he's been involved in untold numbers of trials, designing trials, overseeing them. And there are so many ethical transgressions in the entire trial process. And, and like I said, he understands how it affects your body and it makes complete sense what he's seeing as these impacts on the body. Because And he was one of the first people to talk about the spike protein actually being toxic. And people have long-haul COVID and people who have suffered from injury from the vaccine, it's all because of the spike protein, the toxicity of the spike protein. It's the same thing because that's what your body produces after it gets the vaccination. Your body is told by this messenger RNA to produce spike protein. And that's actually the thing that's causing people problems. So one of the biggest 
possible experts in the field to talk to. He has no incentive to lie about it. And he really, you know, he knows his stuff. So uh, like I said, the other doctors, they've, and they've been paid such a heavy price for speaking out. It's not like there's benefits that derive from taking a position like that. It's quite the opposite. You know, there's something you discovered about this community of doctors who are really standing up for life. I mean, I say risking their lives. Maybe some of them had their lives threatened. I don't know. Uh, they have. Talk about what you discovered in these group of doctors that really seem to embody the resilient American spirit, which sometimes we don't see very often today, Cindy. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, the integrity and bravery and just, you know, determination to speak the truth, no matter what. Like I said, they have no incentive to lie about this stuff. Right, they just right. want the truth out yeah. to prevent further harm from being done. That's their sole motivation. And they refuse to be silenced by all of the pressures that are trying to silence them. There's there's one member of Congress, Senator Ron Johnson. He's the only one who's picked up this uh, senator from Wisconsin, Republican from Wisconsin. He's the only, only member of Congress that sort of picked this up as his issue. And he's held numerous roundtables with a lot of these doctors, patients, different researchers, putting all the puzzle pieces together to kind of paint the picture for people about what's going on. He's vilified as, you know, anti-science and spreading misinformation, you know, and all of that. But he too is just determined to just let the truth get out. And the only motivation is to help people. You know, you were talking about some of the challenges and opposition that this community of doctors has faced in their plight to save lives. What about you, Cindy, when in creating this, this documentary, Unseen Crises, what have been some of the biggest challenges and opposition that you've had to face? Well, the documentary is just coming out. So in terms of uh, pushback on the film itself, we put the trailer on YouTube and that was instantly taken down. Let me say it again now. We put the trailer, just the trailer for this documentary on YouTube and it was instantly taken down. Um, we tried to get it out to some press release, the pre send the press release out to some organizations, some companies, and it was also rejected um, as spreading misinformation and not following the dictates of the FDA and CDC. And the thing about this documentary is this is hearing from people themselves, right? Going into their homes, seeing not just, you know, having a conversation, but like going into their homes, seeing what daily life is like, okay, seeing take, how take, this I'll, has affected their take, families. Take us, take our listeners in to some of these homes right now. Just give me an example. Sure. Nikki Holland, she was a physiotherapist, doctorate in physiotherapy, and she's a mom of three. She's got uh, one as preteen and two teenagers and a single mom of three. I think she splits with her ex-husband. She's now in a wheelchair with a feeding tube with oxygen that she's got to be connected to most of the time. That means like an oxygen tank, you know, a big compressor at home and one that she travels with that she finally got from insurance. She's got a tracheotomy. She had she has to have a hole, a permanent hole in her throat so she can breathe because it'll get con her condition will get constricted above her throat. She can't eat just like this girl who was 12 when she got her vaccine because it, it creates all kinds of all your internal organs can get affected. So for them, they can't stomach any food. It's just like a bad reaction, right? So here she is. She's connected to all of these things. She's trying to live her life. She's still trying to, she's making lunch and dinner for her kids. They help her get to the car where she drives them to school still. She's mostly in a wheelchair. She can walk, you know, short distances and stuff. And just anyone else who's vaccine injured, they share their information. I tried this, this helped me. I tried that, this helped me. Most of it is outside of insurance. So it's very expensive. There's one organization called React 19 that was started by Brianne Dressen. And she herself, 
wife was in the AstraZeneca trial and she was severely injured. She was doing everything possible to get answers, to get the attention of the government, to get help. She eventually got help from the NIH. They brought her out, did a study with her and 22 other people. And they know all the problems. They documented it. They know how to treat it and to reverse the course of her illness. But they have not released that to the public. So she's been on a campaign to get that information out and also raise money to help pay medical bills for these other people. So Nikki received a grant recently. And so she was flown. She lives in Tennessee. And so she was flown out to um, New York to see a neurologist who has helped other people. But she's been suffering with this for a good, you know, almost two years now. So it's progressed a lot. Whether it can be reversed is unknown. But here's an interesting thing. So in React 19, over the last two years, they have raised to help the vaccine injured half a million dollars. That's what they've dispersed. 100% of the funds goes to helping vaccine injured. Oh, wow. The U.S. government has a compensation program, but they have very limited things that can get compensated. They have a backlog of 10,000 cases that they haven't adjudicated. They've looked at about 700, almost 800 of them, and they've given out compensation to exactly four people to a tune of $8,600. So her and her organization has helped and given out (laughs) half a million dollars. The U.S. government has given out $8,600. Well, we need to see more grassroots efforts like that, you know, <laughs> really do. It's incredible. Especially if we want to see any progress in this in this you know, going forward. Well, uh, what about ways that you've seen God bless your efforts in going forward with this film? Uh, any unusual ways that you've seen him provide in this process and making this production? You know, a very interesting thing is many of the people that I spoke with, the vaccine injured who have been through absolute hell for the last couple of years, have said, you know, as bad as it's been, I think I was meant to go through this. Wow. So I could help other people. Yeah. And, you know, one of the moms talks about the mom of the, you know, the girl who's in a wheelchair. She's like, you know, I I think, you know, it was God who been doing this to make us better people. Yes. And she has no doubt her daughter will eventually get healed. She has like full confidence, you know, that's going to happen. It's taking longer yes. than they thought. Right. It's really amazing to see this attitude. And the film kind of ends on a, a note of hope in that sense. People are getting it done themselves. They think they're meant to go through this to help others. And it's really incredibly remarkable. Oh, Cindy, I love that. This is so wonderful to see that you do what I like to do on the show. You meet people and tell stories. And there's some incredible stories that you need to be heard. You're not going to hear them at 6 o'clock news. No, you won't. That's part of the problem. And you won't see unseen crises in theaters nationally. That won't happen. But you have a relationship with Epic TV. Tell me about that connection and tell me about the documentary being featured on Epic TV. The film is co-production by Epoch Times, Epoch TV, and uh, NTD Television and also the Canada Media Fund. It's also funded by the Canadian government. Oh, it is? It is. So the Canadian government is funding it. How many U.S. dollars have you received from government, U.S. government uh, dollars? There's no U.S. government dollars <laughs> going in here. Now, the Canada Media Fund, I can't say they you know, d- no. directly represent the federal government, I, but I it is federal money. It is money from the Canadian government. We can't deny that. Okay, now at the time of our interview airing here on Bot Radio Network, the Unseen Crisis will have already been released. Uh, how can our listeners discover this documentary for themselves? They just need to go to unseencrisis.com, and that will lead them to how to see it on Epoch TV. I just say Epoch TV has numerous resources of documentaries, films, and I mean... Television programs and all kinds of... So here's the thing. If you're a subscriber already to Epoch Times, then you'll get to see the documentary for free. If you're not, the deal is $4, and you'll get to see the documentary as many times as you like in four weeks and have full access to everything on Epoch Times and Epoch TV for four weeks. Wow. For just $4... 
So it's a good deal. Okay. So I know you're excited. I mean, anytime you invest and spend all the time, uh, it's like a baby. You're ma- making, making a documentary is like birthing a child. I mean, because I, I, I've watched film producers and talked to them and I understand the process of what goes on behind it. So it's about to be delivered. <laughs> Un- Unseen Crisis is about to be released. What do you hope the impact will be most? I hope this can help change the conversation. And, and that's actually what one of the vaccine injured wrote to me after she saw it. She's like, I really think this can help people get it because I don't, you can't watch the film and see these people's stories and think, oh, they're lying. They're making this up. It's not true. So you can't think that. And then with all of the other evidence, I've got whistleblowers in there. It's, you know, documentation from the federal government, from Pfizer. There's nothing in there that is too many steps too far. And it's all laid out in a very clear way. So I think this is a film that whether you already know about this issue and want to know more, you're going to learn a lot and really understand its impact. If you're unsure or skeptical or maybe have family members or friends who, you know, are on the fence or not sure about it, I think it's a film that everybody can watch and accept and and help change the conversation that even no matter what you think about the vaccines, as a society, we should not have treated people like this. We shouldn't yeah. be treating people like this. Yeah. It's unconscionable. And that's really the message. Like, yes. These people deserve a lot better. Well, Cindy, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, maybe had questions or like to contact you, how could they do that? Uh, you can find me on Twitter with my whole name. So Cindy, C-I-N-D-Y, Drucker, D-R-U-K-I-E-R. And my handle is just at Cindy Drucker. That might be the best way. Okay. Well, Cindy Drucker, thank you, my dear sister. Thank you for stopping by here at this year's National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando. Are you enjoying yourself, having a good time? I sure am. I really am. Well, we appreciate yes. you joining Bot Radio Network here from the convention floor. And just we're having a great time. Friends, don't forget to go to the website. Give that address one more time. Unseencrisis.com. We're here at the 2023 National Religious Broadcasters Convention. A documentary that's being produced called Gender Transformation, The Untold Realities. And we've got Tobias Elbridge. He's from Sweden. Tobias, how does somebody from Sweden make their way here to the NRB convention in Florida? That's a very good question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I've been working with the Epoch Times uh, since maybe 13 years back. And for the last four years, I've been helping out with uh, producing TV series and documentaries. Yes. And really, let's just stop there a second. The Epoch TV, that's what you guys are all about. Yeah. Creating original content, documentaries, TV series, and a lot of the production that is produced from Epic Times, you're not necessarily going to see in theaters across America. You're not necessarily going to see on uh, Netflix. Uh, am I correct? Yeah. Right now, it's like that. Yes. Uh, you don't see so much on Netflix. You, no. But you've created your own streaming service, though. It's available to our listeners. Yeah. That should be like uncensored and that we can bring up all kinds of topics. So, I mean, the, the main values of Epoch Times is uh, truth and tradition. Well, you touched on this very sensitive, very divisive topic, gender transformation. So why did you decide to produce a documentary on this topic? As I said, I've been helping Epoch Times before with some documentaries that they liked. Then they proposed this topic because they have a new effort now to make 
really good, high-quality documentaries in different subjects. It could be all from vaccines to other controversial subjects yes. that maybe other media don't touch. Right. So, hmm. so let's talk about the origin as it relates to youth, because we have parents whose children have that question, and they're starting to experiment. This topic is becoming a reality in their homes. That's true. Uh, I would actually make a parallel to Sweden. I mean, it's a very liberal country, I would say. But in this particular subject, the Swedish state television has really clearly made a stance that they made three really great documentaries, actually, handling this subject. And what they saw that is that this is about, you know, actually hurting the children because of these medicines that they get. Or I wouldn't say medicines, it's experimental drugs, yes. puberty blockers and cross hormones. Those are irreversible. And so I watched uh, three documentaries by the state television in Sweden, documentaries that went through this. And they actually could see one girl, she had taken puberty blockers and she got really hurt by them. She, she had them for four years. And uh, after that, her bone density in the body became really bad. So she could hardly stand up. I mean, what kind of life can you have after that? And that was when this documentary broke in Sweden, a lot of people actually reacted and they they see that, oh, this is way too far. I mean, yes. it's one thing if you want to change your gender as an adult and you, you can make a you know conscious decision because you're, you're mature enough. But when it comes to kids and they are getting influenced by all this, and we know how easy children get influenced, especially when they are like 10, 11, 12 years old. Yes. I would say for me, it's a no-brainer to take a stance against this being pushed towards children. But this documentary is actually not taking stance against, you know, people who want to change gender in, in general. Actually, we are exploring mainly how it affects children. And I think that's a crucial issue. In light of that, as the producer and director of this film, Gender Transformation, how did Tobias, how did you want to tell this story? <laughs> what got you started in wanting to create this documentary? Yeah, so when they asked me to make a, a documentary about this subject, I started to make a lot of research, of course, and I also interviewed a lot of people about this issue. And we came across, during all these interviews, a Christian, uh, Abigail Martinez, and she's living in California, and she had four children. And one daughter, one of her daughters, she lost custody of. And this daughter, the state actually ordered that she could take the puberty blockers, even though uh, Abigail was not for it. In the end, she started to hurt a lot from the puberty blockers because that's some, some of the side effects. You can get really, you, you know, hurts your body. So it's constant pain. And then she started to regret her decision as well because she felt that even though she started to become a boy, it was not the solution to her problems. And so she actually committed suicide. Mm. And it was such a tragic story. And first we thought we'd just make a, a regular documentary. After this story, I proposed to the Epoch Times, let's make it as a drama documentary. So we would add you know, her story with a you know, feature film drama in it yes. as well. And so follow her story and follow uh, her daughter's journey into this you know, dark abyss. We proposed and we had an extra budget from the Epoch Times to do that because they believed in the idea. So wow. that was great. Okay, so again, the documentary Gender Transformation, The Untold Realities, you have a release date. Yeah, we have. So the 16th of June, it's going to be in the Manhattan Film Festival. So be shown there. And uh, three days after, on the 19th of June, it's going to be streaming live on Epoch TV as well. Okay, and give that web address. Gender Transformation is the web address, dot com. I would like to add, actually, for me, it's not 
not a political issue at all. The people we interviewed uh, during this process, like parents and also experts, they are actually from from both sides of the you know political spectrum. And I think that's important. That's I mean, people may, might see it as a, you know Republican uh, democratic issue, but actually a lot of people who have been Democrats for all their life to see that oh this is so hurtful for the children. Yes. So they realize it's actually not a solution at all. Tobias, thank you so much for joining Bot Radio Network here at the 2023 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando, Florida. God bless you, my friend. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks so much for doing this interview. God bless you.